Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode of the A-List Podcast is brought to you by BetUS.com. Welcome into the A-List Podcast. Once again, we always want to give a shout out to our sponsor, BetUS.com. I'm Kwani A. Lunis, joined by A. Sherrod Blakely. And before we get into the negativity, Sherrod, I want to do something positive real quick. Who's negative? Oh, we don't have negative to talk about? (laughs) Never. And we'll get there. But I want to give you a belated happy birthday shout out. <laughs> happy you know birthday. What? You know what? It shout was... out to Amit for helping execute that, by the way. It was pretty good. Uh, okay. My birthday was the night that the Celtics played Chicago. So that was... <laughs> but But you know what, though? The one thing that it did do was it absolutely made me appreciate the little things in life, like a nice cold adult beverage followed by another adult beverage followed by <laughs> after the game. I, I enjoyed that. That that actually, that was a perfect ending to what had been a crappy game that night. Um, as you know, I was on a garden report after the game and at full disclosure, I was, I was very triggered by what I saw. Uh, I was not happy, uh, very upset. And, and, and we're going to, you know, just kind of jump right into the Marcus Smart comments because that's what everyone has been talking about since that game. Let's get into it. <laughs> and I, I guess here's the thing. Uh, Marcus Smart, I, I absolutely agreed with him that Tatum and Brown need to pass the ball more. But you know what? Here's the funny part about it. It feels like is it a chicken before the egg or the egg before the chicken scenario? Because, yeah, they need to pass the ball more. But why am I passing the ball to guys who can't make shots? And if the guys can't make shots, they're like, well, you need to pass the ball to give us opportunities. So how are we going to work this out? Because y'all not making shots. And because you're not making shots, I, as Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, feel I need to take more shots because I know I can make shots. You have not proven you, – you haven't, you haven't created the, the, the trust bond yet. And I'm, I'm really curious to see how they're going to work all this out because there really isn't a clear path for them to figure this out and it not be an issue going forward. One of my social media friends, Morgan Mitchell, shout out to her. She put this tweet out there basically saying how she grew up in a household where you keep it in the family. And she's translated that into her NBA. She actually works for TNT. So she knows very well about the life of working in basketball. And I thought that tweet was very relevant for the Celtics organization because First, you have Coach Udoka that comes out and says that he would love to see more consistency from Jalen Brown. Not that what he said was wrong, but that, I think, kind of sparked the, I think, the fire for Marcus Spark to now feel as though he can speak out in front of the media. And then now we don't even know where this ends up going. Marcus, Mar- I mean, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum decided to not speak after that game. And it makes you wonder what's going on in house. And usually... In any other NBA locker room, this could have been swept under the rug as just another terrible loss, figure out what's going on internally. 
But now the entire NBA is looking in and saying, all right, what exactly is going on with the Celtics? Is it even basketball related? There's clearly something going on and no one knows just yet, but we're going to find out soon. I imagine. Yeah. I I think a lot of it is basketball related because the issues that Marcus is talking about are legitimate basketball issues. I mean, Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown are very, very good players. And we know this, Uh, but what, again, they're trying to process a trying to play a style that frankly is just not natural to them. And, And they don't have the, place players around them to complement that style. You know, I, I did a little digging and I, and I wrote about this for Bleach Report. Jason Tatum is averaging eight potential assists per game this year, uh, which is slightly down from last year when he averaged eight and a half potential assists per game. Now, what that tells me is this. His actual assist numbers are also down from what they were a year ago, which means that he's looking for guys at the, about the same clip as he was a year ago, but now Fewer guys are making shots. Same thing with Jalen Brown. He averaged 5.7 potential assists last year, and he's averaging about the same number this year. And his actual assist numbers are also down. So you have a situation where your best players are being told they need to pass the ball more, and they have re- they've not done that. They're passing it about the same as they did a year ago. And the numbers are still down for actual assists, which means guys around him aren't making shots. And that, to me, is, is the I, I think the the conundrum that Ime is going to have to figure out because you got you got Marcus Smart, who I'm confident was speaking for more than just Marcus Smart when he said they need to pass the ball more. I mean, if you think about it, he's the longest tenure Celtic, and he's the only guy in that locker room that, if by him speaking out the way he did, shocks no one. That's kind of how Marcus is. So. You know he's probably speaking for other players. And if you're Tatum and Brown, you're looking around like saying, dude, we're giving y'all a rock just like we did last year, and y'all ain't making shots. So why? So when the game is tight in the fourth quarter or, or they're trying to get some offense going late in the game, why am I going to keep going to that empty-ass well trying to get you to rock when I know I can score and you've shown that you can or you're not able to right now? So they have some serious trust issues, and I understand why because – you, you have to believe that your teammates can knock down those shots. And if you keep going to them and they're not doing it, you're not going to, you're going to lose faith. I mean, Marcus Smart, bless his heart. I love Marcus <laughs> Smart. Everybody, I mean, everybody knows I absolutely love him, but he is shooting as bad this year as he's ever shot since he's been in the NBA. And this is a guy who is not a cookie cutter, typical high efficient shooter. You look at, Schroeder, you look at Peyton Pritchard, they're having horrible years shooting the ball. So if I'm Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I I don't want to pass the ball to you. Why am I gonna why am I gonna give you the rock just to see you miss? Because that's essentially what is happening more times than not. So I, I think what has to happen for them to figure this out is the guys around them gotta make some more shots. They have to they have to give their best players a reason to be confident in them. And because I, I again I think my thinking is that if, if Jalen and Jason are getting these guys the ball and they're making more shots, they're going to look to get them the ball more. So then all of a sudden they're going to get better looks when they decide they want to take shots because the teams are going to have to respect their teammates. And that's not happening now. So the one thing I, and I, this will, this will be kind of the last thing I say on the Marcus smart thing, or at least for, for this for particular <laughs> segment of the Marcus smart thing is that, you know, the, the one thing that Marcus, I think has shown, in this whole process is the kind of straight, no chaser talk slash leadership that they need. I mean, Marcus is willing to have a conversation that is 
uncomfortable but necessary. And that's what we're having now. And it, it's 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 one of those things that, again, you don't have to like what Marcus said. And I, I, I hear where you're coming from where a lot of that stuff stays in-house. But Marcus made it clear that they, they've talked about this stuff okay. before. Uh, yeah. they, they, so this wasn't as if the first thing they heard was about Tatum and Brown being called about smart. But what was lost in the discussion afterwards was near the very end where Marcus is talking about those guys have made strides in this regard. They just have to take it to another level. And so to me, I think far too much of the focus has been on, ooh, Marcus called them out. And not enough on the, the, to me, the the straight no chase of truth is those guys have to be better. And and Marcus is trying to... Yeah, and, and that's what Marcus is trying. He's trying to get across. Like they got to be better because we can't win unless they get better. We can't be better at what we do unless they get better. And you know, if I'm if I'm the attorney representing Mark Jalen the Jays, my rebuttal would be: Y'all need to make shots. That's how my clients are going to get better. Y'all making shots. So it, it, it's it'll be interesting to see how they handle this Orlando Magic team, which is one of the worst teams in the NBA. But you know, the Celtics. But it's also the last time that we saw. Uh, actual blow up within the Celtics organization in Orlando on the bench a few years ago. They might yeah. have some time. <laughs> I don't know if they need to go to have a matchup against Orlando just yet. You but. know what? They do. They do. <laughs> they it's it's they've been they a better team on the road. At this What's point. That? If anything, they'll need rock bottom. Maybe that will be the eye opener if they were to to really drop that one. It feels like Chicago was pretty damn close to rock bottom. I mean, you're oh, up by 19, you're up by 19 late in the third quarter at home, and you catch an L. That's a, that's a major choke job. But my point is, for a team like this, what is the wake up call then? If you have your your longest tenured player trying to preach accountability and calling everyone out on the roster, essentially, you have the coach who seems to be serious enough to call out players as well. Who do you put the onus on on this point at this point? Yeah, you, you. I mean, you you want to take the cookie cutter. Um, everyone has a part in this defeat. Uh, but here's the thing: that it's it's it is a collective team effort, but it has to start with someone. And, and typically, when teams get going, it starts with your best player. Uh, and so, I, I that's why I think Jason Tatum almost has to make a conscious effort to get guys the ball. Because here's the thing: I it wouldn't shock me if Tatum has one of those games where he doesn't take a shot in the first quarter and he's just getting the ball to guys who are wide open. And if you, and to me, it may very well be one of those statement type games and not statement like, Ooh, if they win there, everything is fixed statement as in y'all want me to pass the rock more. I'm going to do that. But careful what you ask for. Right. Careful what you ask for. I won't for. do that at all. But exactly. I think another point that you're bringing up that Amit, our producer just pointed out is the fact that they, had zero, they didn't have a single defensive rebound in that fourth quarter. And that just goes to show that, okay, we're talking about offense. We need less pe- the raw, right people to be shooting the ball, whatever the case may be. But what about the other end of the floor? Especially, again, not to seem like I'm picking on Marcus Smart, but you're supposed to be the defensive leader of this team. So how are you leading in the things that you are able to do well so that you're setting an example for everybody else? Because it's a, it's a both side of the floor issue right now. And I don't, again, I don't think they realize that. No, I mean, it's it's really a major, major issue what they're doing defensively. I mean, the Celtics have one of, if not the worst defensive, they're the one of, the, one of, if not the worst defensive team in the NBA right now. Uh, and, and that is that is incredible 
when you think about how this team has been so elite uh, for so many years. You know, a bad year for them defensively is like if they if they're like eighth, ninth, or tenth in the league, and so they 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 got some serious problems. They have the kind of the kind of problems that aren't going to go away overnight. It's going to take some time. It is going to be a process. And to that point, Marcus Smart, great defender, but when your team is like the worst team defensively, it doesn't. You got to take. You got to own some of that real estate. Uh, and so he. Well, I think his, his rebuttal would be, well, I can only do so much. I'm only one man. But you know what? One man can be the difference between winning and losing. One man can be the difference between competing and getting crushed. One man can make a difference in whether you are a top-tier team that's competing night in, night out, or a team that's, that gets his ass kicked at home on the regular. So they – One man can change the world. See, I wasn't going to go there, Corny. I knew you were going to go there, though. That's, I, I purposely tried to bob and weave, duck and dive, shift around that. That's the thing. I was like, do you want me to start singing? Kumbaya. Kumbaya. <laughs> anyway, I like We are the world. We are the children. <laughs> go ahead, Corny. Damn it. Um, nah, but, but here's the thing. The, the, just... We're talking about defense, and we're talking about the problems they're having with defense, and that's supposed to be, you know, Mark, that's Marcus Smart's thing. But I'm still not clear exactly whether his role beyond just being a good defender is defined. Like, is he a player that you can count on to be your playmaker? And if not, what exactly are you going to do to address that? Are you going to look to move him? Are you going to look to have What did you pay him for? Right, right. Because, I mean, yeah, because it's that's a really good question, though. Is he the facilitator that they've been saying they need? Is he capable of doing that? It, are Jalen and Jason willing to even trust him off- offensively to give him the reins, really? Because, yes, there are these scorers, but he would have to be the one that's given the reins, the keys to the kingdom to facilitate what's going on on the floor. And if he doesn't even have that trust, I don't know if that's happening. Yeah, they they don't seem to look as look like a team that has people <laughs> doing the things that are trustworthy. And I, again, I, I watched the, the Miami Heat play the other night, and I'm I'm looking at Kyle Lowry just absolutely dissect cats. I mean, he's throwing. I mean, he's literally like two, three dribble throwing lobs. Mm-hmm. He's uh, you know, guys running along the baseline, coming off curls. I mean, the ball is just popping. I mean, they looking like the Hall. They looking like the Harlem Globetrotters against like the Washington Generals. Just the way they just moving the ball. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, damn, the South is gonna have to see this in a minute. Damn, yeah. damn, out of bio is kind of nice. Damn, Jimmy Butler is killing it. Damn, Tyler Hero is playing like like a hero. Right now, right. <laughs> he's playing that. that, that yeah, he's playing that hero ball that we saw in the bubble. He's yeah. absolutely killing it, and I'm thinking like, okay, how is Romeo going to handle this? How is tasting? How is uh, you know Tatum going to handle this? Damn, what can they get from Al in this game? Because Bam is a is a load, and I'm struggling to understand how they're going to put it together and and be a more cohesive team, other than the fact that guys offensively. Guys have to make some shots and defensively, and you, and you we talked, you touched on this a little bit. They gotta want it more, because again, I'm looking at teams that are clearly ahead of them in, in the East pecking order, like Miami, like Milwaukee, and the way they defend. There's a certain, I guess, the best way I can describe it is intentional grind to how they defend. Whereas yeah. the Celtics, it's just kind of like, 
we might go get a rebound in the first half. We mm-hmm. might close out at some point. We might, and there's the biggest difference that I'm seeing with them is that they don't seem to feel this urgency to go get it. It's like they're in this, this state of, well, you know, it's early in the season. We'll figure this out at some point. That was like after three games, four games, five games. At what point is it going to be like, oh, man, we we need to do something because we haven't figured this out yet. So they, they make me very nervous and, and, and just unsettled. And, and it gets me to thinking about their head coach, Ime. This is not what he signed up for. Absolutely. He knew there would be ups and downs, but this not is not. Downs. Well, the last thing I think he expected was that your two top scorers, who you made clear, I need you to be more facilitators, would struggle the way they have. I mean, Tatum is shooting the ball. Worse. I mean, Tatum is a mid to high 40% shooter from the field, mid to high 40% shooter from three-point range, and he's below that in both. I mean, he's shooting below 30%, I believe, overall from the field. He has struggled, and part of his struggles, he feels a heavier burden he's got to carry, scoring-wise, because the guys around him ain't making shots. Yeah. So, and, and that's the question where, and I know there are always going to be people on Twitter that are like, well – they get paid enough, they should be able to, you know, uh, uh, like deal with the pressure. But sometimes I do wonder, like, is it unfair that not only Jalen and Jason, but really Jason has been put this entire mantle of the Celtics organization on his shoulder and told, you're the face of the franchise, you're the godsend, you have to perform. Again, I know they get paid a lot, but does that justify them being given so much pressure to be the only person that's responsible for the success of an organization. I'm gonna tell you right know. now. I, I I'm I'm against you in this one, Kwani. I we can't roll. We can't roll. We can't roll in the I, same. I already, same know the, I already know what the opposing argument is, but I still don't think it's fair to just give that to one person, especially well, when there still has growth to be done. I think for that individual. To, to whom much is given, much is expected. And I'm going to tell you right now, Tatum is not living up to expectations. It's that simple. Well, obviously. Not, but, but, the, but there's a deep, but there's a deeper issue here, Quan. The, the issue is that there's a segment of, of Celtics Nation that wants to play that. Well, he's only 19, 19. for the fifth year in a row. And he's yeah. only this, that, and the other, and he's still developing. No, listen, Tatum signed up for this. Tatum signed up knowing damn well that they're not paying you max money to be an all right number two guy. They're not paying you max money to be someone that, yeah, you know, just kind of ease your way into the season and just, just be comfortable. Are you comfortable? Do I need to pop your pillows up? Do you need me to put the, you know, get your, get your, your fuzzy ooks shoes and, and, and just make you feel all at home? And do I need to turn the fireplace on and just, no, get your ass out there and ball. You so got that's ball. the case. Then how do you, again, how, that goes back to my question. How do you fix it? I know it's not our job to fix it, but if well, everyone's willing to pick it apart, what There's, is the actual solution? Tatum has to find a way to make the guys around him better. And they, they're making shots will obviously make his job a lot better. But more than that, there has to be a certain level of communicating that message to them. Like, you can't just go into the game, make the mistakes that they're making, realize for the umpteenth time that guys are making shots. So I'm going to just start getting mine near the end of the game and then crunch time. You have to do much more preliminary work so that your guys go into the game feeling as though they might get the rock now and they need to shoot with confidence. He needs to be 
almost an ex- not even an extension of the coach. He needs to be a player coach out there to those other guys. He needs to tell Marcus Smart, look, I got to get you to rock in your spot. Yeah. Launch that bad boy. I just got to go to the basket and, and try to rebound if you miss. But I need to get you going because if I can't get you going, I can't really get going. There needs to be there needs to be a a another level of accountability that everyone puts on everyone. They I need to be more connected. They need to feel as though I'm hurting my man Tatum if I can't make this open shot. Tatum needs to feel like I got to get him to rock because if he's pissed off that he ain't getting enough touches, that's going to make him feel all in his feelings. And then I'm going to see that and I might get it all in my feelings. And next thing you know, we feeling like we about to catch another L. We feeling like we are not going to be that good a team. And how do you avoid all that? To me, Tatum, I think has to be the catalyst. And I know his personality is not one that lends itself to getting in guys' face and things like that. You got to do that. But what you can do is pull up next to a guy in the locker room before you head out there. Just say, look, I got to get you to rock more. I know that. But I need you to make shots. Because that's the only way this shit's going to work. You need to make shots. I need to get you to rock. And I don't know if that conversation has happened, but there have been conversations about how can Jalen and Jason, among the players, about ways to get others involved more. But And again, I keep coming back to this. If you're not making shots and we're struggling oh, to get buckets, and I know that's what I'm getting paid max dollars to do. It's an endless cycle right now. Yes, yes. You it becomes ball, a ball. I'm not giving you the ball. And then if I don't shoot it right, then you want the ball, but you can't shoot either. So I'm like, but Tatum, the, thing, the thing about Tatum, though, when you start looking at the numbers, he passes the ball enough to where guys will get opportunities to make shots and make an impact. They need to start making more of those shots. Because, again, if he's passing the ball – for the same number of potential assists that he had a year ago, but his assist numbers are down, that means guys aren't making shots. And the thing about Tatum is I think he has enough court vision to get guys in in position and get the ball to them where they can knock down shots, but guys just aren't getting it done. So I'm feeling him on that. And I'm also feeling Yudoka on on email on what he can do to help this process because he's in a really weird spot because you got your star players, Jason and Jalen, who are very much finesse type guys. You got Marcus, who is a grinder. You got a team full of, of guys who are somewhere in between those two. And yet you're not really doing all you can to help Jason and Jalen be the best that they can be. Because, again, they, they need to be better facilitators. And is there anything you can do from an X's and O's standpoint that feed, speed that process along? So Emei's got a lot of things he's trying to figure out and navigate through uh, at a time where – you know, no one is feeling sorry for the Celtics. No one is going to stop the hands of time and be like, Emei, you take all the time you need. It is okay. So what? You're two and five and haven't won a damn game at the TD Garden. It's okay. No, he's not feeling that. Emei is, is tired of catching L's. Emei, I, I, he's, you can tell he's a very intense guy. Yeah. And you know it's killing him that he's catching L after L after L at the crib. This just makes for a better comeback story. I need them to use this as fuel, motivation, whatever it is to take a reset, mm-hmm. figure out what a reset looks like for this team. And just, it's still, I understand when people look at media and they're like, oh goodness, you're overreacting and it's only six games in, whatever the case may be. But at the same time, there there needs to be a moment where there's that realization, like, all right, we started very poorly, and it's on us to fix it, whatever that means. And, again, that goes to everyone being held accountable, not one person pinpointing another issue with someone else. Because everyone on that team 
right now is responsible for the way they've been playing. Yeah, and, and Brad Stevens in his new role, he did talk about that at an event on um, on Tuesday night at, at the TD Guard about just Marcus Smart. And he, he talked about Marcus having conversations with Jalen and Jason after his initial comments. And, you know, Brad was Brad Stevens. Uh, and, and I'm just going to pull up one of the quotes he had where he says, you have to be measured when you talk publicly, but the most important thing is you've got to put your name on it and you've got to make sure you have those direct, difficult conversations. Now, that's great to hear, but how is that talk going to lead to your play? Are we going to see a little more connectivity or are we going to see Tatum do what, I mean, again, I, I love pettiness, but at the same time, there's certain pet levels of pettiness that I can't stand. Like if Tatum came out against Orlando and he just is passing oh, the ball, like, the ball. Yeah, just just passing the ball and just getting back on defense, I would. Be that's gonna bo- that's gonna bother me. I'm going to. I'm telling you right now, I would love it, Kwani. I will be triggered. <laughs> I will absolutely be triggered. I'm telling you because Yo. to me, that's one of those things where if I'm Eme and I see that nonsense, I'm calling a timeout. I'm going to act a fool. I can't see Tatum being that petty, though. I feel like, if anything, Jalen would be petty like that. (laughs) It'd be interesting. I I can't see either one of them being that petty. Yeah, that's not their character, so to speak. But if I did see it, I would be so triggered. And I know my man Ime, he'd be triggered, too. I don't know how how he'd handle that other than call a timeout and hope to God that he can get himself... If he doesn't walk out on the team, just well, leave. Listen, he may, all I know is this. If they're going to go that route, I don't want to be around him at halftime. Because right. halftime, there are, there are no cameras around. There's no one around. You can pretty much get away with whatever the hell you want to. And Emay is one of them dudes, I ain't trying to mess with him. I ain't trying to mess with him. This, nope. listen, there, I mean, when he was uh, on the national team, uh, you know, Ooh. and they beat a, another team. And that other team wanted to put some hands and, and go at it. Ime was that dude. Yeah. Handle his business. Mm-hmm. Handle his business. I ain't messing with that dude. So all I know is play him if you want to. Play that. I, I think yeah, Tatum I and Brown are. I just think that generally speaking, they're too smart to do that. Yeah. But even if they weren't too smart to do that, do it out of just do it out of the sanctity of your life, of your livelihood. Do you really want that man to get in your grill? Like that, it's not worth it. It is so not worth it. Just shoot the damn ball. He literally just want just shoot the damn ball. But, but I still love to see it. I know because that's because you. As much as I love pettiness, I do have like oh. I have a limit of how petty I can be. I don't want anyone to lose their job. Well, just not. Be entertained. You are so you you enjoy your petty game is a little bit. Deeper than mine. You know, the thing about it, though, is that I'm not even that petty. That's why I revel when people have the boldness to be petty. Because then I'm, like, living vicariously through them. I can't do it. I but, I will, but listen, I, I will say this, though. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping that Jalen and, and Jason will do the right thing and just play hard, try to implement the changes that they need to do, and just try to move on from this. And use this moment as a catalyst to better play. Uh, if, if they reel off like five wins in the next six games, you better believe Marcus Smart's comments will be seen as the turning point. Yeah. And if they go out and lose five of the next six games, it'll be like, well, guess what? Marcus Smart was right. If, especially if they're losing in a similar fashion to what we've seen thus far. So uh, lots of stuff to, to actually marinate on and, and with, with the Celtics. 
but before we go any further, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. If you're looking for a sports book with integrity and longevity, you need to know that you are going to get paid as well. Bet BetUS.com is the one and only sporting book for you. Don't forget to use the promo code and get up to 200% bonus. That promo code is... What is it, Corn? ESJ. Up to 200%. I was, I was trying to figure out a way to get you in on this promo read, you know, Corn. I was trying to stay out of your way, but I appreciate the assist. Trying, trying to make this, trying to make, Shabai. trying to do what the Celtics need to do. Teamwork <laughs> makes the dream work. Trying to make it work. Promo code BSJ, get up to 200% bonus. BetUS.com, where the games begin. And speaking of games and beginning, Actually, we're not speaking about games in the beginning. We're just going to talk about Ben Simmons. Just with that, let's just go jump right into it. This has become the A list podcast, and sometimes the Ben Simmons podcast. He look, listen. He, you know when you're on the highway, and there's that car with the blinkers on and the flat tires, mm -hmm. and and the hood, hood is up, and you just stare. You don't stop. You don't even pull over to see how they're doing. You just stare. That's kind of Ben Simmons right now. He has become that immovable vehicle on the side of the road that ain't going a damn place. And we're looking at why. We want to know why is this car not going? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see the blinkers on, but the tires look like they're working. Hood don't see there's no I don't see any fire. I don't I, why why are we not moving? Why why is this car on the side of the road? And that's kind of how Ben is right now. The latest on Mr. Ben Simmons is that he is basically he's getting some treatment for you know some of the mental health issues that he is kind of outlined as kind of contributing to why he's not back. But here's the caveat. He doesn't want the Sixers of uh, medical folks to be involved in the process. And he doesn't want to give the Sixers an update on his progress. And so if you're Philly, you're like, so let me get this straight. You want to be traded. You're working through some mental health issues, which is fine. Which and, and I appreciate the fact that Ben came yeah. forward with that because that's that's a very good thing. Well, he came forward with it. It was Sham Sharani's sources that told him that Daryl Morey approached him, and then they found out that he was getting help for whatever the issue is professionally. But, but I don't even know if he wants that out there. But you're not going to let the Sixers know exactly where you stand and what progress you're making because you do know that in order to get traded. And now that you've brought mental health into the conversation, teams are going to want to know where things stand. And, and they're not looking at – and teams are not – I've talked I talked to an executive with a team that has expressed interest in Ben, and he was explaining to me that it's not that you want to find out about that to say, ooh, look at Ben. No, you want to know what you can do when you bring him to your organization to aid that process. You want to find out what you can offer him from a mental health standpoint that you don't derail the progress that he's making. And mm -hmm. if you don't know – where he stands, you can't help him. And that's where the Sixers are frustrated because teams that have interests, they want to know where things stand. And if Ben's camp isn't directly telling the Sixers, those teams aren't necessarily going to go directly to Ben and his agent and ask because that it could get a little messy if you do it that way. There, there, I mean, there's a certain way this stuff is typically done. If you're Team X, you're interested in Ben Simmons, you reach out to the Sixers in their front office to find out as much intel as you can, and then you go from there. But if there's specific intel that the Sixers are being left out in the dark on that Ben is intentionally doing, it complicates the likelihood of you getting traded. 
and, and that's why, I, I, once again, we were at that point in the road with this where Ben is doing some things that don't make a damn bit of sense. Other than seems, the, go ahead. This seems like new territory for the landscape of the NBA because Kevin Love, maybe two or three years ago, maybe even four, is that was the first time we really heard of a player really opening up about mental health. Mm-hmm. And I know I sound like I'm a Ben Simmons apologist, but in all seriousness, I don't know what the man's going through. And I'm, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt or even his camp that if something really serious is going on, I could understand being protective of that information being public to the world. When we look at the NBA and the way that transactions are made, most of them are based on your physical, like physical fitness, all of the physical aspects of how you can perform for that team. Ben Simmons is new in the sense that I don't think I, at least you could prove me wrong or, or, or rebuttal it, but I've never heard of a player having a mental health issue that, deterred a team from being interested so that's why i'm obviously curious as to what exactly is going on i wonder if it is even more than just basketball and that's another thing a lot of times gets lost that like i understand they get played paid to play all of that but people often forget there are other things in their lives other than basketball and it it's just not adding up the way that his camp is moving with this that i just am very skeptical as to what is going on with him? Well, I, I guess the, the easiest way to, for me to just kind of put it is, is like this. Let's say, Kwani, that I tell my employer that I'm, I'm working through some mental health issues and I'm okay. going to get some help. And they reach out to me and say, is there anything we can do? And I'm like, nope, I'm good. And yeah. they're like, okay, well, when do you think that, you know, when can we start like kind of helping you transition back into working? And you're like, nope, I'll, I'll, I'll work. I'll, we're good. I'm good. Your employer kind of needs to know what's going on but they don't need to know what it is like they don't need to know what it is but they they you need to give them some clue as to how they can help you i understand the when you'll be back and i don't know about the how they can help you and i know again it's very tricky because the nba is generally dealing with the physical aspect but if i were to tell my boss that i need to go out i need a day off i need a personal day i need a a whatever uh doctor's day whatever I'm not going to tell them what exactly is going on. And I don't think it's even professional for them to do that. That's why the NBA is different because they're allowed to ask you what's going on with your physical body. But I think the mental health aspect is where it's bleeding into it because yes, it does affect his job. And yes, it does affect the money that they're paying him. But I don't think it has anything to do with something that they need to know in the moment at least the details of it. I understand it's affecting his job. I understand that they're paying him a lot of money to perform and he's not doing that. But whatever the, and again, this all comes with speculation of not knowing what's going on. I think if we had more details, obviously it'd be easier to talk about it, but we don't know what's going on with him. And that's why I'm giving that benefit of the doubt playing devil's advocate because we don't know what's going on with him mentally. Right, right, right. Right. And the, the other wild card factor in, in, in the conversation is that the whole mental health component in the conversation. It's tricky. It, it, well, it's tricky, but it's, it's also it, it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, we yeah. for a, a long period of time, Ben Simmons wants to be traded. And that was the mm-hmm. narrative. The, and the Sixers were saying anything about 
Ben having some mental health concerns because mm-hmm. Ben wasn't telling them that he had. And that doesn't mean he wasn't dealing with stuff. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean he wasn't dealing with stuff at that time, but he had not revealed that. And I guess, again, from someone on the outside looking in, if you're trying to work through this trade situation and it is definitely wearing on you from a mental health standpoint you are in a climate now where you can come out and you don't have to necessarily tell them but you can have your people say look ben is deal with do exactly what they eventually did which is have ben's people make it clear that he's working through some stuff and if you're the sixers you're cool with that but there's a part of you and again this is and part of this has to do with frankly the way all this came about is you're thinking and again, you hope that he's he's getting the help he needs. I mean, I, I can't stress that enough that I really hope whatever he's dealing with is getting taken care of. But there has to be, and you know it, that there's a little bit of skepticism in the Sixers thinking this is just an, a, a convenient excuse for him to, to, to leave town and it not catch some of the flack that he is going to more than likely catch whenever he goes to, with the next team and he comes back to Philly. And I completely and I, understand that with Rich Paul's record and the way LeBron James has orchestrated the moves that he wants. Anthony to Davis, right? Anthony, no. Exactly. I've seen it happen, so I definitely understand the skepticism. But that's why I want to give a little bit of room for there could be something seriously wrong, and they need to give him that grace if so. I would hope so. I would hope so. But but that's I guess that's part of the, the challenge for them. Yeah. They probably willing to give him a grace if they knew what they were giving a grace for. Yeah. And so it's it's a tough I mean there's no question there is no I don't believe there's a right and wrong way to handle it, but there's definitely the way this is played out it's very unusual uh and it's putting a lot of people in some really awkward positions and you don't know how this is going to play out eventually. Uh cuz okay. the Sixers are going to have and they have had a very difficult time moving him because they want to get something of significant value in return. And teams are very skittish about that. If you're focusing it on strictly the basketball side of things, uh, there's absolutely uh, justifiable reasons why you don't want to give up major assets for Ben Simmons. He's an elite defender. Uh, He can do a lot of things. He's a great playmaker. But at some point, I think he needs not just the change of scenery, which I think he'll get eventually, but he needs to change of position. Uh, Because when you're the point guard, you're going to be having a ball in your hands a lot. And if you're afraid to shoot at times, if you're afraid to go to the free throw lines, you might want to play in a post. Mm-hmm. Because if you are playing, let's say, small forward, power forward ball with Ben Simmons, you got someone who you can put at the elbow and can direct your offense in a half-court set. Who can, he can absolutely make things happen from there. In fact, I'm a little bit surprised that Doc Rivers didn't like try to yeah, make it go there. It feels sooner. too common sensey for that to not well, have happened. <laughs> well, the, the, the other issue is that they they didn't have as much confidence in some of their young guards as they they do now, who have to play yeah. uh, with Ben being being out. So yeah. that would make a lot of sense to just put him at a different position. I'm thinking that whatever team he goes to, it's going to be a team that already has an established point guard. Yeah, so Ben yeah. is going to come in and be either like a small forward, power forward, hybrid type of player, which is fine because I think he can be very effective. That puts him closer to the rim. It allows him to really attack off the dribble in half court sets, which with his size and strength uh, and speed over a lot of power forwards, he's going to be able to get to the rim uh, with some consistency. The challenge for him is going to be, again, having the ability to make plays and finish at the rim and take open jump shots. 
because uh, if he doesn't have the ball in his hand and he's playing with a point guard who's more setting things up in a half court, Ben's not going to have the ability to just attack the way he's used to. Uh, he's going to have to change his game up in order to be effective because teams have to compensate in some way, shape, or form for the fact that he don't like to take shots from the outside the paint. So, but... Um, NBA is a hot mess. Sports, it is a hot American mess. pro sports are a hot mess right now. On so many levels and in so many games. Ugh. Speaking of games, the Celtics got one coming up against the Orlando Magic. Uh, the Magic, as bad as things have been for the Celtics, Orlando has been Orlando. They're just as bad record-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole Anthony, their point guard, has actually been balling out lately. He's been getting buckets. So he might be a problem child for the Celtics. Uh, they've also got the Wagner kid uh, from Michigan who's been really good. He's one of the top rookies in the league this year. But uh, the Celtics, I, I feel good about them on the road. Uh, just be, and, I feel, and that's kind of where my confidence is, which is sad. It has less to do with their ability and everything to do with their location. They just yeah. play better on the road. So hopefully they will get a much-needed victory, kind of get the momentum swinging a little bit in the other direction mm-hmm. and take a little bit of that, that spotlight off my boy Marcus Smart for, for his comments. Uh, and they can just be more about basketball instead of, you know, talking about basketball. And by the time most people listen to this, they probably would have already come to a, conclu- a conclusion as to what they think about these Celtics if they drop that game or if they win it. I don't want to see the. I don't, don't want to see the meltdown dangerous. if they lose. It ain't gonna be pretty. It ain't gonna it be pretty. Won't. I, I've, I've, I put my, my adult beverages away, but they just might have to make a cameo appearance, uh, in the Garden Report if, uh, if we're talking about a bad loss. Um, just yeah, I'm stressing Sherrod out. <laughs> this is a PSA. Sherrod is stressed. Dude, this is. I, I mean, again, I've. I, it would be so much easier for me to deal with them and accept them for who they are if I didn't think they were good. If I thought they were just a bad team, like those first couple of Brad Stevens clubs, I mean, those teams weren't very good. They Look, them getting beat by seven is like, good try, good effort, all season long. And, it was, and that was acceptable because that team wasn't very good. You got two all-stars who are under the age of 26. You've got... A guy coming off your bench in Schroeder, who was like damn near six man of the year not that long ago. Ja- Josh Richardson is a good two way player. You got Al Horford, who is thirty five, playing like he's twenty five with the double doubles. Guy, I think he's at four in the season, and we're we're not even through the first couple of weeks. You've got so many things that on paper you should feel good about, and yet when I think about this game against Orlando, I'm thinking, thank God they're in Orlando. Not thinking about, thank God that they got this guy, that guy. They're just glad that they're in a location that they seem to play closer to their best than what we've seen at the TD Garden, which has been embarrassing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm close to being triggered, Corny. Absolutely, as you should Just be. thinking about this. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't mean to start your day off on a terrible foot. All good. So, well, anyway, but on a much lighter that. note. Yeah. Corny. Um, what do you got coming on NBC 10? Well, depending on when you listen to this, actually, no, either way, next week (laughs) on NBC 10, three days I'll be on, I should be on, uh, the the hub today because the showcase that I talked about in Roxbury is going to air. They're breaking it up into multiple parts. So if you miss one, you can catch another one. And we went to different locations in the city of Roxbury, in the neighborhood of Roxbury, and I won't tell you where we went. You just have to tune in and find out. Did they have food? Two of them did. 
I knew that. You know, you probably know one of them, but I'm still not gonna. Quanti gonna find them spots with food. Always. What do you think I knew this for? Don't get it twisted. Quanti is all about that food life. <laughs> don't get it twisted. What about you? Well, let's see. Uh, I wrote about just the Celtics and Marcus Smart. Did that for Bleach Report. Uh, I've got some stuff coming on on Ebony.com uh, in the next day or so. Uh, looking at what's happening in Texas. Uh, where you've got the NAACP calling upon professional teams or, or play, I should say player associations to encourage their players not to sign with teams in Texas uh, because of just some of the, the legal uh, voting right issues and some of the uh, laws that are being passed as it relates to abortion. And my take is that ain't the way to do it. Uh, you, you're not trying to – why would you try to convince potential allies to not come? when you're going to need allies, if you're going to have the systemic change that you want. So that's kind of my take on that. So uh, NAACP, they may not like me next week, but that's okay. I still love them. Yeah. I still love them. Just doing, do the job, doing the job. And we're once again, doing a job on the podcast here. Again, another shout out to betus.com. And just remember to subscribe, like, and all that good stuff with the podcast, which is available on all of your podcasting apps. Quanti, Another one in the books. And another one. Another one.